Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got my friend, Fred Villa, with me. Uh, we just got done with a conversation about Fred is a real estate agent, uh, and we were talking about the importance of um, buying a home, uh, some tips and some some insight into how to make that happen, and some, uh, some things that Fred has shared in his uh, his long uh, history and uh, experience of being a real estate agent. But one of the other things that um, I love about Fred uh, is that Fred is a reader, uh, and I am a reader. Um, I, I don't know if I ever shared this before, but um, my parents owned a Christian bookstore when I was a child. Uh, and so growing up, I was always around books, right? Always around books and, you know, little Danny sitting in the corner, right? He's reading a book. Uh, and I loved books. And one of the things that really um, kind of captured my imagination uh, was I found people that kind of saw the world the same way I did. Um, I remember eighth grade reading Francis Schaeffer, um, A Christian Manifesto. And I just remember that thought of, like, that's how I see the world. Like, he gets it, right? I was basically like, I get it, <laughs> right? right. But I mean, I just love that. And I just remember reading C.S. Lewis. I remember reading so many incredible authors um, just as a young person um, and, and individuals that I would never meet physically, uh, never sit down and have dinner with. Um, but in a way, like they mentored me, they helped shape my worldview, they helped um, educate me about the world around me because they had written something and I took the time to read it. And so I've always um, loved reading. I've kind of put together kind of a plan for reading. And, uh, and one of the things I wanted to talk to Fred about was just the idea of um, men don't read, right? Um, in, a, in a book that I read, uh, ironically, uh, there was a study that said 94% of men won't read a book from cover to cover mm. after their formal education is done. So most of the people that we're talking to on this podcast, right, if we said, have you read a book in the last year, a book in the last five years, a book in the last 10 years, the answer for most guys is probably going to be no. Okay. So this podcast is all about changing that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we're awesome. going to change that, right? Our goal is going to be um, that we're not going to just read one book, right? But we're going to set a goal for ourselves to read a book a month, 12 a year, which is not, you know, a, a huge stretch, but it is something uh, and then over time, think about that, 12 books a year for the next 10 years is 120 books, right? So think about that concept. Fred and I were just talking about, um, we teach a Sunday school class together, um, and he just ran across a particular book that he had never run across before. Um, and we just kind of were sharing stories about how how often it happens, like how we find our book. So um, tell everybody what just happened to you recently in your discovery of a new right. book. Right, yeah. So we, uh, my wife loves to listen to books. We're both subscribers to audible.com. We, uh, she really enjoys listening. I really enjoy reading. Yes. And so we were, I do, I do both by the way. Okay. Yeah, so I can I, do both. I, 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 my mind travels when well, I'm listening. I, okay. I'll, th I'll throw this out. I'll throw this out. Um, if it's a novel and a very long novel. Okay. And I know I'm not going to just sit there and write in it. Okay? Ah, okay. Like Anna Karenina, right? Listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what was another one that, uh, I just did, uh, Les Mis, right? By Victor Hugo, yeah. right? Listen to it. Um, and I loved, right, the listening to it. Anna Karenina might be one of my favorite books, right? Mm. Top top 10 books of all time. Didn't read it, listened to it, loved it. But it's, you know, 1,100 or 1,400 pages long. And so diving into that and turning the pages, you know, you and I love to write in our books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we love the physical copies of it. 
But if it's if it's going to be something that you're like, oh, that's not necessarily a book I'm going to write in, um, Audible.com, listening to a good book, uh, I'll go to the actual the library and I'll get the CDs of it and listen to it. CDs are um, right. <laughs> compact <Little> discs. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, what's that? Um, and I put them in my car and I just I just listen to those. Um, and so, but yeah, if we're on a drive and I'll you know put the you know AirPods in and listen to a good book. So that's that's another way of doing it. But you you know you and well, I this, both love the physical copy where yes. we can write it. Well, I see the headings, the page numbers. Yep. Even I went back and started reading this book that we listened to for an hour, which got me engaged. The Audible did get me engaged, but my wife and I had a thirty-five minute drive one way. Then we had to do something in a 35-minute drive back. Yeah. And she's heard about Metaxas' uh, Life of Bonhoeffer over and over. So many different people. I've heard about it from so many different people. Never picked it up to read it. Always reading something else. Fred's she, a little hard-headed. Yeah. Well, no, just I have a lot of other stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. Gotcha. And so we listened to it on the way out there and thought, whoa, wow. this is World War II. This yeah. is Nazi Germany. And you it's teach also, history. I teach history. You, I have a master's in history. love history. I teach a course on World War II. So so when you're kind of like, wait a second. Why don't I know right this? Up, yeah, right up my alley. This guy is, oh my gosh. Yep. So it's the Christian faith. It's the Christian faith under Nazi Germany. Yes. It's the questions of the church. Incredible it's all, story. All, I mean, my whole life intertwined yep. of faith and history together. And so we listened to it out there. We listened to it on the way back. I go grab a copy and start reading it. I, I got a lot more out of it when I read it than what I heard. Yes. Something about the headings yeah. and when the italics are in place, it's letting you know this is a little so something. You, you were actually listening to Metaxas's book, right? His, on Bonhoeffer. His biography on Bonhoeffer. Yes. Right? And then I picked up Bonhoeffer and, and then, started reading it. Right. Then you picked up Bonhoeffer himself, right? Books that he has Well, not written. yet. Oh, I picked up Metaxas Bonhoeffer and I said, okay. I want to get a little deeper gotcha. than what I just heard. Gotcha. Then, then you asked me to teach on Sunday. Yes. And I opened up the passage to teach and I went and got a couple of my favorite um, biblical commentators. Yes. And opened them up and they start referring to Bonhoeffer's bon. life together. And you're like, what? Over and over again. Yes. This passage, Bonhoeffer wrote about it. It's like, wait a minute, What? I just started finally getting engaged with Bonhoeffer. And now everything's about Bonhoeffer. And they're saying, you got to go. So then I went and picked up Life Together and yes. Cost of Discipleship. Yes. My wife and I watched two movies on Bonhoeffer, and I'm totally wow. reading his books. <laughs> and it's like, wow. But yeah, that just came yeah. literally out of nowhere, God-ordained timing. Just incredible that I was about to teach on a passage of the Bible that Bonhoeffer wrote an entire book about yeah. our need to live together, called Living Together, Life Together. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just... Um, so incredible. I love Half Price Books. Um, I love Amazon. Uh, Half Price Books, my son and I, all growing up, anytime I had to go run an errand, jump in the car with me, where's the nearest Half Price Books? And we're in there both just spending 30 minutes. I mean, I still walk in one today, and I miss him because now he's married and, and in another state. But it's like, this was our thing, and then my daughter kind of got into it for a while, yeah. too. But it's there's I, un, uh, just amazing I, stuff I was there. I was telling you a little earlier, um, I was reading a book, um, and it mentioned... Um, greatest man of the 20th century, right? And I just, I, you know, I was like, oh, who's the, you know, ooh, can't wait to see what they say. And it said, um, George Marshall. And I went, wow, I mean, 20th century, that's that's a lot of, wow, lot of yeah. people. And, I, you know, you could kind of list off a number of individuals that you'd go, wow. And But George Marshall did not strike me at all, um, at all primarily no. because I really didn't know much about him, right? So I kind of put that on the side. Um, three months later, I'm picking up another book. And they make a reference, right, to one of the greatest men, 20th century, George Marshall. And I went, okay, Lord, mm. <laughs> right? I can't, I can't just go through two things that have referenced this particular individual, mm -hmm. know nothing about him, and go, have no idea why. So um, I went on, you know, Amazon and just looked up, you know, books about George Marshall, 
found one, you know, soldier, statesman, peacemaker, something like that or whatever, um, ordered the book. And I'm going to tell you, like, became a huge George Marshall wow, fan. Fantastic. Um, and one of the reasons is because of his incredible humility, right? And one of the reasons we know so little about him was because he was never a man who sought the spotlight. Interesting. And that, I was like, I even love him even more, <laughs> right? So the Marshall Plan. So the Marshall Plan, it. he didn't name it, right? But, I mean, you think about all the great generals through World War II, mm -hmm. right? And you've got, you know, your... Um, you know, your Eisenhowers and your MacArthur's and all the different things. Um, and I can't remember who it was that was talking about how, you know, Marshall was the most uh, influential out of all those different individuals because he remained back at home. Um, they, they didn't send him out wow. to the European, mm. right, or uh, the Asian Pacific Theater because his, his influence at home was so essential um, that America, when it was putting together its war plan, needed him here, right? So it was interesting. Time Magazine, I think, actually, um, I think it was Time, Time, yeah, probably time, um, ask him to do an article on World War II after. And they said in the entire article, he never used the pronoun I once. So he talked wow. about everything that happened and everything in a sense that was going on, but he never took credit for anything. And I was just like, it's an incredible story of an incredible man that I didn't know much about, awesome. but I found out about him because I was reading books and people mm -hmm. kept on referring to him. And so um, I want to do something just kind of for that, that guy out there who's not a reader, okay? Um, and I want to ask you, um, where where would you start? And I know that's a very mm. generic, you know, uh, it, it kind of depends on a lot of different factors, right? Um, but if you had to sit down with a young person and just uh, kind of say, um, what would what would be your avenue into things like I want to read more, but I don't really know where to start? What kind of things would you have them begin to look at? Yeah, wow, that's a that's loaded. That's huge. It's so much to do with your interest. I happen to teach a class, and I will get to your answer. I developed and teach a class called the historical novel. Okay. And I'm a history teacher, but I also love, love, love reading. It's my fishing. You know, some guys play golf. Mm -hmm. I, I want a book. I want to go read. And I do, but I'm not reading just for the sake of reading, but it's all the things I'm learning through it. Anyway, I teach a class called the historical novel, and we read eight novels. I offer it uh, once every two years at Dallas Christian College. And eight novels from eight different events from America's history. Okay. And I even got to have a couple of the authors online this year on Zoom to come Neat. and join us. Yeah. And, um, I was uh, just amazed. The students took it for one reason or another, the course, and said, oh, my gosh, I never knew about this person. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Salem Witch Trials or who George Custer was. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't understand the, the Italian... Uh, episodes of the World War II and why that was a little bit different. And we looked at Vietnam, the things they carried. I mean, books that were historically teaching, but with beautiful literature. And I just, so many students said, this is the best class I've ever taken in that college. So I want it again. So almost anywhere, but um, it depends too. If you want spiritual life, my life was transformed by a Philip Yancey. And once I read one Philip Yancey book, I just needed the next one. What's so amazing about grace? Such the Bible Jesus book. read. Um, oh, church, why bother? Okay. Prayer. I mean, it just goes on. Once you once you find the person, I guess it's like anything—a sports team that you love. You yeah. find an author. Pillars of the Earth. I read in one vacation, and it's maybe a thousand-page novel. Uh, I sent it to um, my daughter's boyfriend's dad who's an architect, and mm -hmm. it talks about building of churches and medieval history. I love historical novels. He just wrote me a letter. Just He said, I couldn't put it down. Literally, I've walked right past my gate at the airport. Mm. So I don't know. It's finding a topic <laughs> you're interested in, yeah. and then an author you kind of buy into, and you're like, this is my guy. I want to read a few more of, 
of his or her works, the topics. So there's some things people read about that I would have, you know, my son's totally into Stephen King and, and sci-fi and um, very little on history. I want to read about things that really happen, but maybe with some fiction or some spiritual growth. So one, I mean, my son's read every Stephen King book. He's so addicted to that, that author and what he writes. And, and then it, that opened him up to more sci-fi. It's, I mean, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like finding that one guy in that one book. I'll tell you what, the people at Half Price Books, and this is not, they're not a sponsor of yours, right? right nope, not yet. The people at Half Price Books, <laughs> I have found to be quite amazing at letting you walk in and just say, you know, I'm kind of thinking I want something sure. like this. Sure. And this has been my interest. I like this. This I've read one book in my life, and it was this book. And, and they just are really, really great at directing you. Yeah. Do you want fiction, historical fiction? Do you, I mean, I love reading everything, nonfiction, spiritual You know, it's growth. interesting. I, I don't know. Uh, James Emery White, um, he's at Mecklenburg Community Church. Uh, he was at, um, I think, Gordon-Conwell Seminary for a while. Um, he says that's the role of the bookstore at your church. Right. So nice. if, you're, if your church has a bookstore, you should be able to walk in there and say, hey, um, you know, here, here's who I am and here's what I'm looking for. Can you suggest an author? And I think finding a reader. Right. I mean, because, you know, the, the idea is um, I don't want to just read what you find interesting. Right. Right. But I think finding a person who's well read and, and well read broadly can at least give you kind of an insight into things. Um, and, you know, reading a book and saying, OK, that's not me. But, you know, what else is out there? Um, you know, when uh, when I was asked um, to uh, to put together kind of a resource for spiritual growth and maturity, one of the things I did was I look at five different areas um, that I tried to read across and find different books in them. Um, so I read across family and relationships because I think the idea is everybody wants to be, from our perspective, right, a better husband, a better father, you know, a better son, right? I mean, just kind of idea. So there are books written, right, in that genre, right, that deal with family relationships. Um, I dealt with cultural awareness. So my job as a worldview director is to, uh, you know, how to engage the culture from a biblical perspective, right? So I read books that deal with um, the issues of the day, right? Um, biblical literacy and discipleship. Right. So it's not just reading the Bible, but it's reading about how to mm -hmm. better understand God's word. Right. Um, and then um, spiritual disciplines. Right. So, you know, the practicing of the faith. Right. So from orthodoxy to orthopraxy, how do I actually live this thing out? What does it actually look like? And there's some great resources on there. And the last one was just passion and devotion. Right. Like autobiographies and books that just kind of encourage you mm -hmm. uh, in your Christian walk or as, a, as an individual. Um, and so I think those are at least five categories that just kind of picking right a book from each of those different categories gives you right so as you mentioned you know about about Matthew right like he's read every Stephen King book right and I, I you know I try to like broaden my reading so that I'm mm. um, you know as I sit down to eat I'm not just eating chicken right I'm eating you know uh, meat and mm. vegetables and you know nice, starches right. and dessert and things like that where I want to be you know well read across a variety of things and I, I think that's an important aspect as you think about you know, I'm not going to just pick up one book this year, but if I'm picking up 12, let's not make sure, you know, let's make sure that not all 12 are the same author, um, you know, saying the same thing over and over again. Let's right. try to broaden our reading a little bit so that we're maybe reading something historical, right? Maybe reading something that was written current, uh, maybe reading something that's going to make me a better husband or a better father, maybe reading something that's going to, you know, help me in my business, you know, you know, venture. And so I think that's might be an important aspect is, you know, sit down and think about it, sit down with a person who's a reader and maybe come up with a plan um, and then, you know, dive into getting some of those resources and figuring out what really connects with you. Uh, and that's a, that's a really important thing. Um, what, if you had to give like a, a top, um, you know, three or four books kind of in your life though, what, what would mm. you say would be 
the book other than the Bible, which yeah. is the top 66, <laughs> right. what, what would you say, um, you know, kind of really has affected you? Well, I've mentioned two of them already. Pillars of the Earth, okay. as far as historical fiction, uh, just the medieval period and then the building of a church, the faith wrapped up in the history in that book was amazing. It's, it's, it's caused me to go to look at his prequel to that book and the sequel to that book. Um, what's so amazing about grace as yeah. far as spiritual growth books, to have more grace on others and understand the grace that we've received. Uh, certainly those are in the top two. Oh my goodness. I mean, maybe one of these Bonhoeffers even right now. I, I, my list, I do, I read for enjoyment. That's one thing I would add to your list there is there's just a time I like that. not yep. to turn on the news, yep. not to turn on Netflix. You know, we just had Joel yes. Rosenberg speak at the church and Joel Rosenberg's books um, actually got my son interested um, in the particular profession that he wants to go after. He read Joel Rosenberg's uh, books dealing with kind of, you know, the, uh, the Western culture and its intersection with Islam and just mm. kind of how those two different worldviews are going to be at conflict with each other. And, and, you know, how do we as Christians understand that, right? And he kind of wrote from um, a novel, right, a, a, you know, a fiction standpoint, but a lot of it was kind of historically based. Uh, and I just remember Preston, you know, reading that and going, wow, this is so fascinating and so interesting that that began, began kind of a lifelong pursuit of his mm. that's going to end up, you know, moving him into a job even. That, you know, reading a book kind of, you know, moved him in that realm. Yeah, one of the most powerful, my third book, I'm sorry, I just decided I remembered, uh, The Things They Carried. Uh, it's about the Vietnam War, written by a Vietnam War vet. Okay. And it's a play on words for a while, The Things They Carried, and it opens up with all the possible things they carried, like they needed for their job, their radio, uh, the rifle, how many how many days of food, how much ammunition. They're fighting in Vietnam. They carried an extra set of boots, extra socks, but then they carried pictures of girlfriends, small mm -hmm. Bibles, memories of home, difficulty why they were there. The things they carried went spiritual. It went physical. They carried malaria. Then it gets into. They didn't know they were mm. carrying. And so it's a Vietnam vet That's writing about the things they carried and then how how just the, the the mental kind of breakdown of the soldier from Vietnam and PTSD and just but in a beautifully written my students were like just wow yeah. I cannot believe how well written this book is how much it shows just how much pride we should have in our soldiers and thankfulness for the work that they do uh, but written from a, a former soldier that came back home and he said he was on the plane coming home Vietnam's over and he went uh, back into the restroom mm -hmm. and took off his uniform and put on his clothes and he put on this tan ball cap. And anytime you see him interviewed, he's got that tan ball cap on. People say, why are you always wearing that ball cap? He goes, because I'm no longer having to wear a uniform. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is normal for wow. me now. And uh, then one other, uh, just an amazing one, is um, Death Comes for the Archbishop. I read that in a Southwestern literature course, okay. and it's about the growth of the Catholic Church in the American Southwest and how they tried to reach the Native Americans. It's written absolutely, unbelievably beautifully. Nature comes through throughout the book. I mean, it's, again, it just opened your eyes to people from Spain came over to America to want to share the gospel, the Catholic gospel, but the gospel. And just to reach the Native Americans and the difficulty of doing that in Arizona, New Mexico, based on real people. But Willa Cather's written all kinds of historical fiction about the American Northwest, the American West, and this was the American Southwest. And just 
I like learning something while reading. And so right. historical fiction, because my master's degree is in history, as I'm trying to, but then also faith in history and just the overlap of all of those is just great. I love it. I love it. I'm a huge fan of Dallas Willard, um, USC philosophy mm -hmm. professor who passed away a couple of years ago. His Divine Conspiracy um, is maybe one of the best books ever written. And I remember um, a new book came out from him um, posthumously, right, after he passed away. And I thought that was kind of interesting. It's called Life Without Lack. And so I thought, you know, Dallas Willard is obviously not releasing a new book. <laughs> He's since passed away. Um, and it was, a, it was a Bible study that he had done um, in his pastor's home. Um, and his pastor was so thrilled with it. Like, that was such great material. You need to make that into a book. Well, if you know Dallas Willard, he was always writing a book. He was always working on something. And so he gave the materials to his pastor and said, hey, I've got plenty of stuff to work on. Why don't you make it into a book? 20 years later, when Dallas Willard passed away, the pastor still had the materials. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and was like... This is such great stuff, mm -hmm. right? It's uh, it's on the you know twenty third psalm. You know it starts off with you know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Dallas Willard basically said, what would it, what would life look like if you actually believe that verse, right? Life without lack, wow. that that Christ yeah. is all you need, right? That the relationship with the Lord really is, right, um, sufficient for you. And so anyway, the uh, the pastor contacted Dallas Willard's daughter and said, hey, will you help me put this together? I've got most of the language of your dad's, but help me kind of finish it out so we can actually publish it a book. Um, and it's such an important book for a time and a culture when materialism um, and uh, entitlement is so is such a big deal um, of just being able to kind of have the simplicity of knowing that God is sufficient for you. So uh, awesome. great, great book, uh, great reminder. And then, uh, you know, I'm an attorney, and so I, I like finding people who are attorneys. Mm -hmm. um, Jacques Alul um, is a guy, he's a French attorney who's uh, written some great books uh, and uh, and so yeah, I think it's just one of those things where you just you find things and you begin to explore. Right. Um, and I would I would love for men, right, when I ask them, uh, you know, hey, what book have you read in the last year, for them not to give me that, you know, that deer in the headlights right. look of none, right, in the last it's year, the last five sad. years, the last ten years. Mm -hmm. um, so let this be an encouragement. Um, go find a place. Find a reader or find a place that sells good books. Go in there and begin to ask that process and then set a goal um, of, let's say, you know, a book a month, right? 12 a year and just start doing it. I think it's something that we as men need to do. So I appreciate you guys listening. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.